What's up, everyone? This is Landman here with another episode of Cheeseheads Weekly. We are back in an action-packed week. It is Tuesday, August 29th, and it is officially roster cut-down day. Uh, I'm going to break down the Packers' initial 53-man roster. A few surprises there. Uh, so that should be fun. Um, we're going to do our um, NFC... West preview in this episode. Um, we're going to go over preseason uh, recap of last game and stars of the preseason overall, who I thought performed well there. Um, I'm going to go back and review my way too early 53-man roster prediction that I did and see, um, kind of compare it with Packers' initial 53-man roster here. Um, so yeah, it should be an action-packed episode and could get a little bit long here, but, uh, let's jump right in. Um, we have the Q&A and the polls on Spotify. Um, Spotify only, but it's a lot of fun. Most of my listeners are on Spotify anyway, especially since I'm not on Apple Podcast. Um, I do want to get on there at some point, but, uh, it could be a little bit Apple makes things kind of tough. Um, in that department, but anyway, we have a link in the description of every episode to send in voice messages as well, so the Q&As, the polls, the voice messages, a lot of fun interaction um, with those of you who listen to the show, um, you know, it's a lot of fun to have that interaction um, with the listeners, so um, that is a lot of fun if you can do that. Um, in the description of every episode, a link to send in a voice message, it's very simple, and um, I can play it on the show for you, which is awesome. And if you don't want me to, I won't do that. Um, I don't have to do that. So, yeah, do that. Available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. The show is new episodes every Tuesday. And you can hit the bell on Spotify to be notified when a new episode comes out. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Um, I would love... Um, that is about the best way to get the word out about the show, and that's great if you like the show. Um, obviously, be sure to subscribe and tell someone about the show. Rate the show as well. That also helps. Um, if you like the show, give it a rating. If you don't like the show, still give it a rating. Any rating helps, and I'd love for you guys to rate the show. Um, follow the show on Instagram at cheeseheads underscore weekly. Um, I don't post a ton on there, but uh, you can follow me there. I repost some stuff, a few highlights, whatever, different stuff like that. Um, and then check out my website at greatcove.net slash cheeseheads. And uh, my way-too-early 53-man roster prediction is on there. Um, so you can look at that and compare notes yourself because um, I'm going to try to go f fairly um, quick. Um, through that part. Before we get too far into the episode, I would like to address uh, a, a response in the Q&A last week. Um, Elijah, who's been a big supporter of the show, um, I asked, what are your thoughts, um, in case you don't remember or didn't listen, I talked about um, the running back market and why running backs just aren't getting paid, what the situation is. Um, and kind of gave my take on whether running backs should be unhappy, should be holding out, whatever. Um, 
and Jonathan Taylor is the big story right now as Josh Jacobs is officially um, back in the building, um, ready for week one. Signed a revised one-year deal, I believe, um, so not the actual franchise tag, um, but nevertheless pretty much the same same deal. Uh, it's just a one-year deal, as is with Tony Pollard. And Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is a revised one-year deal as well. Tony Pollard is just the franchise tag. Um, Jonathan Taylor um, isn't even a free agent, just wants that extension. Jim Irsay is just not cooperating. Um, So, Elijah says, I agree. I think most of these running backs are asking for too much. But I really don't blame Taylor for doing what he's doing. He's carried that team for the last two years. So I'd just like to address that a little bit here. Um, I didn't feel like I dove into Taylor quite as much, um, a ton, as as in the whole situation. Um, There was news actually here not too long ago that I don't think I had mentioned on the show. It wasn't out last week that he he did get permission to seek a trade. But, um, and it sounded like there was interest. And then Ian Rappaport, I believe it was, came, was on the Pat McAfee show and said that he does think there's a really good chance that a Taylor trade gets done. Um, but as of now, it looks like he's going to be with the Colts. Um, he's still on the pup list. He's going to miss the first four games of the season. Um, but as of now, he's with the Colts. The trade doesn't get done. Um, it's possible he gets traded during the season sometime, but um, we'll see what happens. Um, as far as what Elijah says, I'm not blaming Taylor. Um, I think it goes both ways. No, I don't really blame Taylor because he asked for an extension. They just, Jim Irsay is a very blunt and uh, not very good with um, communication. Not a player's owner, if you can, if there's such a thing as that. He um, is set in his ways, and he's like, no, we're not giving you an extension. It never made an offer, nothing. Just completely dismiss that, as if Taylor's nothing. And so Taylor's like, okay, well, I'm going to ask for a trade. And the day he asks for a trade, they have a discussion at training camp. Jim Irsay takes him aside and is talking to him. Taylor uh, did not seem very happy, and uh, yeah, he demands a trade. Jim Irsay also says, no, we're not trading you. Um, and then um, uh, I find it really funny because then, they find, then they're like, okay, we'll look at a trade. We'll give you permission to look for a trade here. Um, but guess what? We want a first-round pick or the equivalent of that, um, other picks that would equal about that value. And so pretty much what he's saying, he's like, no, I'm not paying you. You're worthless to us. We don't care a hoot about you. And then he turns right around and says, we don't care about you at all. You're trash to us. But by the way, um... If anyone wants to trade for him, he's a great player, by the way. You can trade a first-round pick for him, and you'll have this amazing running back, and we'll have a first-round pick, and everyone will be happy. But but he's trash. We don't want to pay him because he's just horrible. Uh, but he's really awesome. Give him uh, if you trade us, you know, first-round pick value, we'll trade him away. Like he's just speaking out both sides of his mouth. Um, 
in other words, he wants to do um, what he wants to do, and that is he doesn't want to pay Taylor, but he wants to keep Taylor. Uh, but because he thinks, because Taylor's a good player. Everyone knows Taylor is a good player. But then he's like, well, this situation could get ugly. I guess I could try to trade him, but I really want something big for it because Taylor's a good player. I, I mean, I don't want to pay pay him. I don't want to pay him a ton of money. Um, but I do want to uh, get a lot back for him because he's a good player. And it's, it's a big mess. No, I don't really blame Taylor because Jim Ursay just made it worse. I don't think Taylor would be making such a big fuss if Ursay didn't just come out there publicly publicly the whole time and he's just like no we're not paying you we're not trading you now we're doing this um just flipping on him and uh yeah pretty much he's not going um he's not really uh thinking about what taylor wants or anything he's just going off of what he wants what he thinks the team um how he thinks the team should look and, uh, frankly, I don't agree with him a lot of times. He's always been that way. <laughs> but, yeah, I pretty much agree with, with what you're saying, Elijah. And, uh, yeah, the, pretty much the running backs just got to accept they're not getting a ton. But with the Colts, they're not even trying. Jim Irsay is just acts like he's trying to completely ruin Taylor forever and make him very mad at him and the organization there in Indianapolis. So there's my long answer to that. Um, let's start with diving into the preseason. Um, so I'm going to start giving my three best players here um, from the preseason finale versus the Seahawks. I think overall it was a rather, um, I don't know, a tame, pretty neutral game. I mean, there was some fun back and forth, but not a bunch of players that just were balling out out there, just having an am absolutely amazing game or anything. But there's definitely some plenty of things to take away, you know. And uh, so my three best players for that game. Number one, outside linebacker Brenton Cox Jr., the undrafted rookie. He's been uh, showing up in the preseason. This was probably his best game. He had three hurries, one batted pass, and one tackle for lost. Uh, he was um, all over the place. The batted pass could have definitely been a turnover. Um, he also helped stuff a run near the goal line. Um, really is, is good at making the inside move, but he's also started the show uh, a nice spin move to be able to spin back outside. Really showing up, showing out. Uh, Brenton Cox is the, one of the players of the game there. Um, and let's go with defensive lineman Kenny Clark. The pro bowler dominated over nine snaps on his first snap, blew up the blocker and helped make the run stop produced a quarterback hit, and this was all in nine snaps. It looks like he's ready to to uh, 
to really anchor this defensive line. It's going to be a lot of fun because you got Slayton taking a jump. He can take on some blocks. He's a big guy. And I think maybe they can go in there and let Kenny cook a little bit, and that's going to be a lot of fun watching that on the defensive line. And they've they've really generated a really nice push throughout training camp and preseason. Uh, the defensive line has been looking pretty good, at least on the pass rush side of things. I think they're still going to struggle against the run. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, um, I don't think Devontae Wyatt's that good at playing the run. Kobe Wood and Carl Brooks, they're all better suited for pass rushing. Um, and Jonathan Ford is in the mix there, too. Um, spoiler alert, he did make the initial 53-man roster, as I kind of hoped he would. And that gives him another big body to help with the run uh, run defense, hopefully. Um so, and then, uh, number three on the list, um, I could actually go, I'm going to give you four, or an honorable mention, I guess you could call it. Um, number three, I'm going to say kicker Anders Carlson, the rookie kicker. Uh, he did have an extra point that was blocked. It didn't look like it was his fault at all. He made his four other kicks, including a massive 57-yard field goal before halftime, um, just smashed that thing. Um, he has been really good at Lambeau Field, and uh, it would be great if he could keep that up. Consistency has been an issue, but he looked amazing in that game. Uh, my honorable mention slash fourth player of the game is wide receiver Jadakiss Bonds. Um, didn't do a ton of stuff, but had pretty much the play of the game there. Uh, uh, caught two passes for 52 yards, and uh, one of them was, or sorry, for 60 yards, one of them was a 52-yard reception uh, from Alex Magoo, and uh, just made a fantastic play to get open, stack the corner, and uh, make a nice catch. Um, so yeah, uh, as far as another honorable mention, Zach Tom looked really good. Um, he plays calm and poise, and that's what you're seeing with Jordan Love now, Zach Tom on the offensive line. Uh, we like calm and poised, and uh, that's been something that's going been going for Love for sure. Um, let's go to some not very good stuff here. Give me more type players. Uh, number one on the list is offensive lineman Royce Newman. Oh, man, he has been disappointing um, throughout preseason for sure. He had two penalties this game. Uh, just has not looked good at all throughout the whole preseason and didn't help himself in this game either. Um, Ennis Gaines looking for um, a spot on the 53-man roster as a backup slot corner. He gave up a touchdown pass to an undrafted rookie, Jake Bobo. Um, yeah, just was left in the dust, and uh, it doesn't look like he's going to make the roster. Uh, well, we didn't really know until now. Now we do know he did not make the roster. Um, and I'll just put in here, not like this really matters, but cornerback uh, Elijah Hamilton um, from the XFL they just signed this week. He looked completely lost pretty much gave up a pair of explosive plays in the second half um 
and he's going to be cut. I don't expect him to be on the practice squad. He was pretty much just an extra guy to fill out the 90-man roster for like a week or half a week or however long he was there. So there are my uh, players of the game and my give-me-more players of the game. So let's look at my... Well, let's look at Jordan Love in this game. I thought he did produce pretty much the same. Had a deep ball opportunity. It was underthrown. Watson still had a chance to make the grab, contested grab. Still couldn't, but an amazing route from Watson. Uh, could have been a touchdown if it was thrown well. Um, yeah, um, definitely one that Love would want to have back. And uh, the the accuracy, the deep ball, whatever continues to be, you know, a work in progress, and I think it'll get better as the season progresses, you know, as these guys play together more, but um, definitely something that, um, yeah, don't you don't want to get your hopes up too high because you could see some things. Um, yeah, so far he's been protecting the ball really well, no interceptions in the preseason, but, uh, yeah, just a few missed throws here and there. It's been up and down in that regard. Otherwise, it was good. He was making the right reads yet again, calm, poised, I'm confident in the pocket. Uh, made some um, made some things happen with his legs, you know, making guys miss and uh, yeah, picking up some yards with his legs. I thought he did a nice job. Um, his pocket presence seems to be awesome, moving around in the pocket. He doesn't panic, but uh, he knows when to move at the right time and when to run, when to throw. Uh, he just looks amazing in that regard and. That'll go a long way. Uh, if he cleans up the accuracy, he can be a really, really good quarterback in this league. He's got all the talent, all the tools to make it happen. Um, so we'll see how the season goes. But overall, um, had a really nice back shoulder touchdown a fade to Christian Watson. It looked really awesome. Looked like those two really got a connection going, and I can't wait to see that, um, as well as the Dobbs Love connection. Um throughout the regular season. Uh, speaking of Dobbs, he was kind of got a hamstring injury um, right before the game, apparently. Um, I don't know if it was in warm-ups or what, but he ended up sitting with hamstring injury. Hopefully it's not too serious, but uh, no one likes hamstring issues. They can tend to linger sometimes, and that's not great. Um, so let's go over my stars of the preseason. Um, number one, I'm going to go, we're going to do five of these. Number one, I'm going to say Romeo Dobbs. Um, this guy has been showing off that connection, like I said. Um, only 19 routes run, but he caught, um, was targeted four times, caught all four of those for 73 yards and a touchdown. Again, just 19 routes. He has been fantastic. He didn't even play in the third game. That was just in the first two. Um, yeah, looking really good for Dobbs and Love and that connection. <coughs> Possibly an even bigger star, or at least an unlikely one, is wide receiver Malik Heath. I did not get him in any of my players of the game. He was very much in the conversation. It's just there are so many other guys to choose from. But Malik Heath is absolutely a star of the preseason. This guy is awesome. He's so fun to watch, so physical, aggressive, blocks like crazy. Um, he just plays hard, plays physical, just grinding out there. And I tell you what, 
making contested catches, um, getting open. Like he was just he was getting the ball thrown to him so many times. Um, he led the Packers in targets with 16, routes run with 62, catches with 12, receiving yards 146, contested catches four, and receiving first downs eight. He was the absolute star of the preseason for the Packers. And um, along among NFL players with 13 or more targets during the preseason, Heath ranked fourth in yards per route run. Um, yeah. Like I said, a plus. He was blocking with a lot of physicality and effort in the run game as well. Um, looking really good, and he did make the roster, forced his way onto the roster, and I could absolutely see him getting snaps. Um, last week, uh, he got the start at wide receiver, outside wide receiver, um, instead of Samori Toure, over Samori Toure um, uh, to replace Dobbs, since Dobbs wasn't playing. Um, and I'm going to put a defensive one, I'm going to put outside linebacker Kingsley Enigbari. Or J.J. Enigbari. He was an absolute force. Um, had two sacks. Um, overall defensive grade was 93.5, which is elite. Over 49 snaps on defense. Um, he had a second best um, special teams grade was 77.3. Had 25 special team snaps. He'll be a He'll be a force on special teams and on defense. Um, he looks like one of. He looks pretty much like the primary backup behind Gary and Smith, and I expect him to play a big role and do well in that role. He had a pretty good rookie season, and it looks like he just is taking that jump, uh, ready to go, right into the regular season without missing a beat. Number four is left tackle Rashid Walker, man. He passed Yash Nyman as a swing tackle. Um, and could get some opportunities to start if uh, David Bakhtiari isn't, has to miss a few games with his gimpy knee and all. Um, he has been playing fantastic. Um, yeah, just really, really, really good. Um Really, really good preseason for him. That's pretty much all I can say. But he got the start um, at left tackle in the last two games with um, over Yash Nyman and uh, with David Bakhtiari obviously not playing. Um, yeah, and they trusted him to do that to protect Jordan Love, and uh, he he's been fantastic. Um, He's the NFL's number one rated pass blocker among offensive tackles with at least 100 snaps through the preseason. And we're going to go with cornerback Harrington Valentine. He cooled off a little bit towards the end, but he was he's just been making plays all training camp, all preseason long. Um, he's a seventh-round pick. Don't forget that. He was targeted 15 times during the preseason, allowed only six catches for 80 yards, broke up four passes, intercepted one, Produced nine tackles and three stops without missing a tackle. Um, definitely has been physical. Played, has been playing really physical. Has a pass breakup in all three games, and almost had a pick six in the finale last week. He is the number four cornerback, and um, the Packers actually only kept four cornerbacks on the initial 53, and he's a big reason why. 
because um, he makes them feel really good about only keeping those four guys. Um, so, yeah, they'll definitely have some guys on the practice squad for sure, but, yeah, played himself into a really great role. An honorable mention, I'll say Emmanuel Wilson forced his way onto the 53-man roster as well as an undrafted rookie. Uh, rushed for a league high, 223 yards, forced 11 missed tackles, had an 80-yard run. That was the longest run in the preseason. Um, yeah, most yards in the preseason. Had five y- runs of at least 10 yards. Had four catches for 24 yards. Um, the main surprise, I was actually sort of surprised he... I was actually sort of surprised he made the 53-man roster just because he did not play much on special teams and needs to get better as a pass blocker and stuff, and that's normally what they go for. And Patrick Taylor has been as good as ever um, at that. He's definitely more well-rounded, but I, t- I guess Wilson's talent as a runner was too good to pass up, and they ended up putting him on the initial 53. But I expect Taylor to get called up plenty, and possibly get signed onto the 53 um, once the injuries start hitting. All right, so there's my five stars of the preseason. Wide receivers, Malik Heath, Malik Heath and Romeo Dobbs. Cornerback, Harrington Valentine. Edge rusher, J.J. Anigbari. Uh, left tackle, Rashid Walker. And an honorable mention of Emmanuel Wilson, the running back. All right. So, let's get into some other stuff. Um, let's go Packers 53-man roster. I'm going to read over that go pretty quick here. QB, they kept two, Jordan Love and Sean Clifford. Running back, they kept three. Um, I expected almost just them to keep two, but they kept Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Emmanuel Wilson. A little bit of a surprise. If they did keep, keep three, I thought it might be Patrick Taylor, not Wilson. But had a really great preseason, forced his way on there. Wide receiver, they kept six. I thought they might keep seven, um, but they kept six. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samori Toure, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, and Malik Heath. They um, cut Grant DuBose, and as long as he's not waived, which I don't think he will be, he'll be back on the practice squad. Um, Tight end, only three. They are going to be in the market. Um, checking the waiver wire out after the Tyler Davis injury. They're really thin at that position. But we got Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, Josiah Aguara. No surprises there. Austin Allen will likely be on the practice squad. And possibly Henry Pearson, the fullback as well. Offensive line, there's a minor surprise here, but I think I can... Um, I can see what they're doing. Uh, they kept 11. Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, Josh Myers, John Runyon, Yasnaim, and Royce Newman, Sean Ryan, Zach Tom, Rashid Walker, and Luke Tenuta. Uh, the main surprise was, one, Royce Newman. I thought for sure he'd get cut and maybe put on the practice squad or something. They, um, yeah, he was able to manage to get on the roster um, again, after a promising rookie campaign, just has been downhill from there. I'd love to see him succeed, but it's just not looking great. Um, but they did keep him on the roster. I guess he does provide interior depth, interior depth, and uh, they do have some versatility there, but a lot of tackles for sure. Uh, in fact, um, pretty much everyone is a tackle except for Myers, Runyon, and Sean Ryan and Royce Newman. Um, but like Zach Tom, Elton Jenkins, 
um, can play different spots along the line. Um, Luke Tenuta um, is injured. I didn't really expect him to make it. I thought maybe they'd get him on the practice squad, but my guess is they are going to put him on IR. They like him enough that they're going to put him on the roster so then that uh, uh, they can get him on IR and then be able to designate him for uh, to return sometime during the season uh, without having to just put him on IR um, and have him out for the whole season. So that's my guess of what they're doing there. Defense, um, they kept six defensive linemen, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, Colby Wooden, Carl Brooks, and Jonathan Ford. What's different from my 53-man roster prediction is I didn't have Jonathan Ford on there. Um, yeah, but I like I like that they kept him towards the end. I thought that was uh, what they should do, get another bigger body in there to help with the run defense, and I'm, I'm happy they did that. Second straight year. Uh, inside linebacker kept five. Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, Eric Wilson, Tariq Carpenter. Pretty much the only guys in the conversation all made it. Tariq Carpenter and Eric Wilson were the guys that were kind of on the bubble. Both um, really good on special teams. And Tariq Carpenter did struggle um, some. making He's making that transition to linebacker. Um, and he struggled some during the preseason. But um, like I said, he's... Um, big time for special teams, so that's pretty much why he's on the roster. Um, outside linebacker, we have Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, J.J. Anigbari, Lucas Van Ness, Justin Hollins, and Brenton Cox. In my prediction earlier, I had Rashawn Gary on the pup list. He's come back, come back strong. He's looked really good so far. Not played in any preseason. And they might not play him at, you know, full snaps immediately, but uh, very excited to have him back, and uh, it should be fun to see what he can do this year. Cornerback, uh, like I said earlier, only four, Jair Alexander, Rasul, Keyshawn Nixon, and Carrington Valentine. Safety, um, they kept five, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Jonathan Owens, Dallin Levitt, and Anthony Johnson, Jr., um, the main surprise there is they dropped Tavarius Moore, um, which I or I guess they placed him on IR, which means he'd be out for the season. They'll probably reach an uh, injury settlement with him, and then he will be free to sign with another team or possibly come back to the Packers. But they signed him um, during the off season. An unrestricted free agent signed him. Uh, and he he's made a few plays during training camp, but then got that injury, and uh, the safety room's crowded, so I guess that was all the excuse they need to um, make some space for some of the other, some of these other guys here. Um, on special teams, they have kicker Anders Anders Carlson, punter Gent. Yeah, I'm really having trouble here. Punter Daniel Whelan. They released Pat O'Donnell in a somewhat surprising move. Daniel Whelan has been, he's younger, um, doesn't cost as much, um, has a ton of power, has uh, really flashed during the preseason and stuff. Might not be, there's going to be ups and downs, as there's going to be with Carlson. 
Um, I thought they were going to keep O'Donnell just because it seems like Carlson's been kicking better when O'Donnell's holding. Um, he's just, you know, a veteran, probably a better holder, more consistent that way. Um, but they didn't. Long snapper, interestingly, interestingly enough, they do not have any long snapper. They released Broughton Hatcher with, um, waived him injured, um, which I expected him to be cut. Um, but Matt Orzik, um, who was the guy I expected him to keep, was also um, cut. But I think um, he should be re-signed on Wednesday. Um, they'll pr- they'll likely move someone to IR, like maybe Luke Tenuta, like I talked about. Um, move him to IR and then sign Matt Orzik, um, is my guess. Um, but he will be on the roster, I assume. Um, here at some point. Um, so I'll look at my 53-man roster here right quick. The differences are, um, I had Lou Nichols the third as the third running back. This was before training camp. He was injured all training camp. Got, um, put on IR, I think, or maybe waived injured. Then he'll revert back to IR because he probably won't be claimed. Then they'll reach an injury settlement. He'll be free to sign with anyone and could come back to the Packers then, but just did not look good whenever he was on the field and was not on the field for much of training camp at all and none of the preseason. Uh, wide receiver, I had six here, but I had Grant DeBose, not Malik Heath. This was before we saw Malik Heath um, just lighten things up. Um, tight end, I had Tyler Davis. That was before the Tyler Davis injury. Um, other than that, it's all the same. Offensive line, I had 10, and I actually got it right because they released Jake Hansen. I did not have Jake Hansen on here. Um, I had Royce Newman. Pretty much I, I did have everyone that um, that actually did make it in real life. I just didn't have Luke Tenuta on here because I, I only kept 10. Um, so offensive line, I got pretty close to right, actually. Defensive line, I only kept five just because it was kind of hard. You know, there was other guys I wanted to keep, and it was hard to, um, to you know, it's a numbers game. And so I did not keep Jonathan Ford, even though I it looks like he's improved and uh, is on the roster, and I'm happy he's on the roster. I think that's, that's a good move by them. Offensive line, or sorry, offensive line, what am I talking about? Edge rusher. Outside linebacker or whatever. Rashawn Gary, I had him on the pup list. Didn't really know when he was going to come back. He's gonna he's on the roster and, you know, getting healthy. So, uh, yeah, I had Preston Smith, Kingsley Anigvari, Lucas Van Ness, Justin Hollins, Brenton Cox all on the roster. But there were only five because I th- thought Gary might be on the pup. There's actually six now because he's on the roster. So I had that right otherwise. Inside linebacker, I only had four. I had everyone except for Tariq Carpenter. Um, I just thought making that transition and stuff, I thought Eric Wilson, the veteran, would be more valuable and um, could actually have a chance to actually play a linebacker where Tariq Carpenter, I don't think they would ever want to put him on the field. Um, But yeah, they kept both of them then in the end. Cornerback, I had five of them on here, and I, I thought maybe this is what they would do. 
I had it pretty much right. I think their next guy up would be Corey Ballantyne, who is the extra guy I have on here. I did have Eric Stokes starting the season on the pup list, which he will. So he'll miss the first four games of the season. Uh, yeah, I kind of thought Corey Ballantyne would be on here. Really good on special teams. Looked pretty good during the preseason. And even had some nice plays in coverage as well. Um, but he'll definitely be called up on the practice from the practice squad, assuming he is not picked up. Um, on the waivers, which I don't expect them to be. Safety, I kept six. Um, everyone that is on the actual roster, except one extra, and that would be Tarvarius Moore. He's the one not out, but I got everything else right there. Special teams, I had the punter wrong. I had Pat O'Donnell as the punter, and long snapper doesn't hardly count here, but I had Matt Orzik at long snapper. They don't have any long snapper now on the initial roster, but that's this. It's not for real anyway. And I have my practice squad uh, prediction. We'll see how that ends up. But uh, yeah, I have Jake Hansen and Luke Tenuta on there, and Jonathan Ford, who made the roster. Tree Carpenter, he made the roster. I have Jonathan Garvin on there. He was cut earlier. Um, I have Parker White on there, and he was cut. Um, a kicker that was on the roster. I had Danny Etling on there. He won't be on there. Alex Magoo will probably take his place. So that's pretty much bogus. I have Austin Allen. I might get that one right. Other than that, and Patrick Taylor and Bo Melton. Those are the country Thomas might make it, and Ennis Gaines and Benny Sapp. Other than that, not, yeah, I don't see a lot of that happening, but, um, yeah, that's pretty much that. Let's go into our NFC West preview. So we're at 37 minutes already, my goodness, it's going to be a little longer. Um... Let's go here to, we'll start with the Cardinals. Um, I have them projected to get the number one pick in the draft next season. Let's look at strength of schedule, though, first. So, for the NFC West, uh, the Cardinals are 22. They have the 22nd easiest schedule. Which means they actually have a pretty hard schedule, which does not help them. Because they ha also have a bad team. Um, Yeah, they have the hardest schedule in the division, it looks like. Next is the Los Angeles Rams, right about smack in the middle at number 15. And then the Seahawks are at number 10. Fairly easy schedule. And the San Francisco 49ers, who I have winning the division, are at number 5. They have a really easy schedule. Uh, a little bit too easy for a team of their caliber. In all honesty, it goes backwards, literally. The hardest schedule is the it goes to the worst teams. It's literally in reverse order from the way I have it. Um... So, I'm saying the easiest schedule does the best, and I mean, they're the better teams, too. Let's look at rest disparity, though. So, if we look here, we have 
Arizona with a plus 5 rest edge, net rest edge. So that's pretty good. Um, Where do we have... Oh, that's right, San Francisco. It's good they have a... <laughs> they have a... Uh, uh, easier easier schedule because guess what they have by far the worst net rest edge uh, it's minus 20 wow that is not cool Rams are second worst they have a minus 17 rest edge they have a fairly hard schedule too my goodness and uh, I mean not really that hard right in the middle but harder than the Seahawks and Niners um and then, where are the Seahawks? Those are the ones I'm missing. It's kind of hard to find them on here sometimes, if you know what I mean. Uh, are they even on here? I'm not seeing them. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, there they are. Minus four. Um, and that rest edge. So, there you have that. In case you happen to care. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some of that can be uh, kind of nitty-gritty, boring stuff. But week one, the Arizona Cardinals start off at the Commanders. They lose. Um, week two, loss, 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 loss. Actually, that was a bye week. Loss. And they get the first win of the season. Yay! In week 16 at the Chicago Bears. And then it is loss. And then they get another win. In the division, They, I say they upset the Seattle Seahawks in Week 18. And get that win. And they, hold up, I think I did something wrong. Because that doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, if we go here. Yeah, I didn't think so. That was a typo. Never mind, they lose in Week 18 too. Um, big surprise there. Um, and they go 1-16. and 16, um, By far the worst division in the NFL. And uh, they secure the number one overall pick. Will they actually be this bad? Um, it's hard to tell. Um, to be completely honest, this whole thing looks wrong. Some of, some of them looked wrong right after I did them. Um... Some people, I'm going to take some flack from non-Packers fans of how high, how at, how high I ended up with the Packers. How many wins, what their record is. We'll get to that next week. Um, yeah, but pretty much they play the Commanders, Giants, Cowboys, Niners, Bengals, Rams, Seahawks, Ravens, Browns, Falcons, Texans, Rams. Steelers, bye. 49ers, Bears, that's their win. And then Eagles, Seahawks, and uh, all those are losses except for that Bears one. And, uh, yeah, that is it. That is a hard schedule. They're playing a lot of good teams, and I just don't see them winning any of them. And they could very well lose to the Bears, too. I think the Bears are a better team than they are. Um, they could probably beat the Texans or the Falcons, maybe. Um but yeah, that's how it ended up. Um, possibly they could beat the Commanders in week one. You never know. Um, so yeah. Um, let's go to the Rams. 
They go loss, 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 loss. Oh, win. <laughs> they played the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, loss, loss, win. Uh, versus the Packers. I have them beating the Packers, so don't get too mad. Um, at the Packers, and I have them winning that. That's at Lambeau. Mm -hmm. That's when Anders Carlson will be kicking all over you guys. But uh, that's kind of besides the point. And then it's their bye. They lose. Then they win at the Cardinals. Their game against the Cardinals there. Lose, 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 lose. Uh, win. Sorry, win. They beat the Saints at home. And then they play the Giants and lose. They play the Niners. And I say they upset them at San Francisco. Is that seriously what I said? Like, I tell you what, some of this stuff doesn't even look right anymore. Um, yeah. I did say that. So I have the Rams going 5-12, and 12, number 3 in the um, NFC West Division. They play... Um, uh, they play the Broncos, Bills, Steelers, Chargers, Packers, Patriots, Bears. That's one of their wins. Lions, uh, Giants, Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, bye week. Vikings, Chargers, Chiefs. Oh, I have them beating the Vikings here, by the way, right after their bye week. Um, then they play, they play the Colts. They beat them at one point. Broncos. How did I end up up there? Sorry about that, guys. Sorry, let's start over there. Uh, Seahawks, 49ers, Bengals, Colts, Eagles, Cardinals. That's one of their. That's their first one of the season. Steelers, Cowboys, Packers. There's another win. Bye week. Uh, Seahawks, Cardinals. There's a win. Browns, Ravens, Commanders, Saints. There's a win. Giants and 49ers, there's their upset on week 18 of the season. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Got a little bit confused there. Got in the wrong column a few times. Uh, here's the Seattle Seahawks. They start off with a win versus the Rams. Then they go at Lions with a win. At home versus the Panthers, it's a win. At the Giants in Monday Night Football, they lose. Then it's their bye week. Then they go to play the Bengals. They lose. Play the Cardinals at home, it's a win. They play the Browns at home. It's a win. They go to play the Ravens in Baltimore. Win. At home versus the Commanders. It's a win. At the Rams. It's a win. At home versus the Niners. Thanksgiving game. They upset the 49ers. And it's a win. Um, uh, then they play the Cowboys on Thursday Night Football in Dallas. That's a loss. And then they play the 49ers in San Francisco. That's a loss. They play the Eagles at home. That's a loss. Three straight losses there. And then they play the Titans. Win in Tennessee. At home versus the Steelers. Win at Arizona Cardinals. It's a win. They go 12-5 and five and get number two in the division. That's the Seahawks. I'm pretty high on them this year with Geno Smith returning as their starter. Um... Yeah, I think their offense especially is going to be good, and I think they got a pretty talented uh, young defense at their building there. So I really like the Seahawks. Um, 49ers, I have them winning the division. They start off at Pittsburgh with a win at the Rams. Win at home versus the Giants Thursday Night Football. That's a win. At home versus the Cardinals, that's a win. Um, at home versus the Cowboys, that's a win. 
then they go to Cleveland to play the Browns. They win at the Vikings on Monday Night Football. That's a win. At home versus the Bengals. That's a win. Then it's their bye week. Then they go to play the Jaguars in Jacksonville and win. Play the Buccaneers at home. Win at Seattle on Thanksgiving, Thursday night football. They lose that one, like I said. Get upset by the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, upset in more ways than one, you could say. Then they go to play the Eagles uh, NFC Championship rematch. I say they win that one instead of the Eagles this time. Um, they play the Seahawks at home. It's a win at Arizona Cardinals. That's a win at the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. Win at the Commanders. That's a win at home versus the Rams. That is a loss. I have the Rams upsetting them. And they end up 15-2. and two. What a season from them. Um, not saying that's actually going to happen. but uh, So there it is. There you have it. Um, a quick rundown. 49ers number one in the division at 15-2. and two. Number two in the division is the Seattle Seahawks at 12-5. and five. Number three, the Los Angeles Rams at 5-12. and 12. And coming in last in the NFL and in the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals with a 1-16 record. That concludes my preview of the NFC West. Hope you um, enjoyed that. Obviously, that was a little quicker of a preview, and we're approaching 50 minutes here. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. I really appreciate the support and everything. Um, ramping up for the regular season here. Lots of Packers content coming your way. Next week, we're going over the NFC North. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, as we get ready for the regular season, regular season um, starting next Thursday um, is the first game. Bills first, Jets. It's going to be a thriller. And then, you know, the Packers play Sunday, I believe, at 1 o'clock Eastern, maybe. I'm pretty sure that's when it is, um, unless it's a primetime game. I'm pretty sure that's when it is, though. And uh, they play the Bears. That is going to be a really fun game to start the season. Love Field Showdown. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Tell your friends about the show. Rate the show. Be sure to follow the show um, if you like it. And uh, if you don't like it, um, it'd be cool if you'd give me a follow anyway. Just, you know, just for kicks maybe or something. Um, but that's all for now. I'll talk to you guys later. Um, goodbye. Goodbye.